This too shall pass. Yes, these are dark days. And they may very well become darker. But we are going to get through this. I know it feels damn near impossible right now. We cannot control this situation. It feels like it's tail spinning out of control. But guess what? The sun came up this morning. The birds are singing and singing loud. The clouds have parted. Life's continuing. Life will find a way. We will find a way. But in the meantime, we do have to let it be. It's one of those daily practices that just, boy, I struggle with. It's just being still, being present, finding the good around us, embracing those we love, sending positive energy out into the world and not finding yourself just stuck in the mud. Oh, it sounds so easy. It is not. That is why they call it practice. So I hope everyone is well. Day 10, March 25th, Wednesday, about 8 o'clock in the morning, looking out into the oak trees through our through my window here. Uh, it sure feels positive out there, but I know that is not necessarily the case for everybody. But, uh, sitting here solo this morning, the girls are still sleeping. Uh, they have another about another hour until we wake them up. Nettie's off to work, uh, which kind of gets my nerves going, but uh, boy, she's... She's got nerves of steel, kind of walks into that darkness, um, head up high, confident. I don't feel that way. <laughs> I worry about her, but but we need people like her in the world, and uh, she continues forward. So speaking of the world, let's get this nasty stuff out of the way, kind of a current update. Uh, as was predicted, numbers continue to climb. We have about 400 and 40,000 cases worldwide. Uh, here in the United States, we're looking at about 55,000 cases uh, and climbing. Uh, New York continues to, to see the highest rate at about 26,000. Uh, hopefully, they're reaching, they're reaching kind of an apex, uh, but that's still to be determined. Uh, our home state here at California is, is seeing about 26,000 cases. Um, Unfortunately, that's, that's going to spike substantially. Uh, the talk is that this Sunday, uh, we'll see um, uh, kind of the shit hit the fan. And that where, that's where California will, will begin to spike. So we're hoping for the best, uh, preparing for the worst. Uh, big news out of Washington. Uh, the, the, uh, the epitome of dysfunction has uh, passed a, a relief package. Um, you know, <laughs> you don't know. Could be a package of shit. Could be a package that does help some people. Uh, but at the end of the day, we know the oligarchs will look out for the oligarchs. And the vast majority of that money probably will end up padding the pockets of those that, um, that pad the lives of our decision makers uh, so, uh, in a nutshell, it appears there's about a, uh, I believe it's about a $2 trillion package, if I am uh, correct. 
uh, yeah, about $2 trillion. Um, about $100 billion of that will go to assist hospitals. $350 billion uh, is designated towards small business. $500 billion will support corporations. That includes airlines and cruise lines. You know, Got to keep those disease factories, also known as cruise liners, uh, going. You know, hey, where else are we going to spread coronavirus, you know, or the next virus? So, uh, God, we ought to just sink those freaking ships and create new reefs down in the ocean for the fish. They would be all better served that way. Don't go on a goddamn cruise. Plus, here's a little rant of mine. If you've ever been on the flip side of the cruise ships, I have. I've been, I've lived in the countries where the cruise ships show up. Oh, God, it's, it, it, you just have no idea how the freaking people with their, with their little Tommy Bahama hats and clothes look uh, coming off those ships and how they treat locals and, you know what, find a better way to spend your money. So, anyway, $150 billion for state and local stimulus funds. Uh, so you can kind of see where the priorities are right now. Uh, in terms of how this affects middle-income people, um, it appears as though uh, those making under $75,000 or couples uh, whose uh, income is 150000 and below will receive, I believe, $2,400 in uh, an additional $500 per child. Um, and then as those that make, individuals that make $99,000 or couples at $198,000 and above, it'll begin to taper from that point. So, um, you know, but will that do any good? Will that help keep afloat the small businesses that are, that are, that are fading? I, God, the jury's still out. My hunch is that this is just, too little for the individuals. Um, but, you know, the flip side is maybe our economy needs to get its ass kicked. Uh, you know, ideally, when something burns down, you can build something better up from the embers. Uh, I'd like to think that's going to happen, that we're going to find a, a more robust uh, foundation for our economy. But, um, you know. As I said, the oligarchs will uh, will kind of design this in a way that that supports their way of life. So, anyway, in more positive news, um, our house, our house. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say, uh, these two girls that I have are um, they're warriors. Um, I, I don't know. We certainly haven't been that intentional about the way that we've raised them. But, you know, character is defined by how you conduct yourselves in difficult times. And I look at these two little kids and, you know, they're just tackling this homework, which which is relatively meaningless. But they're they're getting after it. Um, you know, they're they're working on keeping the house clean. And although they bicker, they, they, they scrap a little bit. You know, they're 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 exist. They're coexisting. I I couldn't be more proud. I couldn't. I couldn't have two better children. Um, what I do know is no matter where I end up in the world and how long I get to walk on, on this planet, those two are going to find a way. 
those two are going to make it an impact uh, on this world. Uh, they are they are indeed something special. And I know we all say, you know, our kids are great and this and that, and all of your kids are great, but I just have a feeling about these two that um, they they're potentially world beaters. And uh, so I hope to be able to see what they're able to uh, do as they get older. So uh, in terms of recreation here, you know, we're finding a way. We've got this home gym going. Uh, I've been making workouts every day. We do about a half hour to an hour PE class for the girls. I run them through the gym. They take a little jog. Um, Super cool. Super cool. Nettie's been able to work out uh, in the morning, kind of getting her head right before she goes into the just the freaking nonsense. Uh, I've been able to work out a little bit, which has been fantastic. Yesterday had a great workout, kind of got my head right. Um, then my head hit the gutter uh, in the evening, but that's a whole nother point. So, um, and we started the garden where right now we are, uh, trying to germinate some seeds, some of our bigger seeds. Uh, we've got some beans and some beets and watermelons and snap peas. And then this, this morning we're going to, uh, kind of set some of the, our medium sized seeds, uh, to see if we can start to germinate them. So, um, Lots coming on that horizon, and I was able to score some chickens, uh, some chicks. They're not going to be here for a couple weeks, but, uh, you know, it's all about who you know, and and uh, frankly, I don't know many people, but uh, went in to buy some dog food at the feed store and ran into a woman that works there. Had no idea she worked there, but it's somebody that I had trained at the gym for uh, several months, and uh, she she was kind enough to say, you know, here, give me your name, you know, what do you want? We'll put your order in, even though they're not really accepting orders at this point, because so many people are trying to score uh, chicks. So, um, so that was super cool. That's exciting. Uh, and, and then on the flip side, you know, we, <laughs> yeah, the the COVID with Lynette's work, we um, you know just coming to terms that with uh, it's going to come into our house, it's going to be here. Uh, and then it's just how we roll with it. And um, uh, Lynette just seems to have so much more optimism about it than I do that either way we'll get through. Uh, it's a little spooky, you know, knowing that something's going to come in and beat the crap out of you. Uh, you just don't know how bad it is. Maybe it's just a good smack in the face uh, or it could be a legit beatdown. Uh, but uh, we know uh, we know it's coming. Uh, her position, it, it's unavoidable. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But as the song goes, we just have to let it be. So for me on the work front, boy, I'll tell you, this is an interesting exercise in distance learning. Um, you know, for myself and my colleagues, you know, we're we're sick and twisted. We're actually to a certain extent enjoying this. It allows for us to continue to innovate as we do. Um, what's really bugging is, is the internet. Uh, I'm having trouble with, uh, with video conferencing and, and, um, uploading videos. I made some videos for my students and, you know, like a five minute video takes like four hours to upload, but, uh, but you know, Hey, we're, we're, we're doing what we can. What was most interesting yesterday is that I'm part of a planning committee for our school district 
And uh, we had a, a conference call with representatives from all of our five high schools. The level of stress and anxiety that teachers are feeling right now. <clears throat> I know we talk about nurses and doctors as frontline workers, and God, they are so vital to our well-being right now. But a couple layers behind that is is our teachers, and you know, education tends to be a fairly static uh, endeavor. Uh, it hasn't really changed much since the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, uh, and teachers get rooted in curriculum that brings them comfort, and it tends to be fairly cookie cutter. The way it's designed and administered is is static. It's not a fairly dynamic endeavor. And, and so many of these teachers are trying to administer that which they're comfortable with, but in a virtual environment uh, from a distance learning standpoint, and, and they're really struggling. Uh, they're finding that uh, access is certainly not equitable, uh, that there's a lot of confusion from students. You have any, like a high school student, for example, will have four teachers and four different classes communicating with them in four different ways online at four different times, asking for four different types of assignments or responses. And it's overwhelming the students. There's not much coordination between the teachers, uh, which, which is a reflection of so many teachers live in isolation. They say that, you know, listen, your administration will tell you what to do or the state will tell you what to do. But once you get into your classroom, you can pretty much do as you as you choose. Well, we're seeing that manifest now where you have teachers working in isol- relative isolation from each other. And it's it's, it's really uh, the end user is not happy. And that's what I was trying to encourage on this on this call yesterday is that we have to step back and look at our the administra- administering of this curriculum from the standpoint of the end user. How are they experiencing education? And uh, that's really really hard uh, for 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 a lot of teachers. So my 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 heart goes out to them. Um, w- one thing that I'll say for those that are either homeschooling or that are struggling with with this. Um, <clears throat> Traditional learning right now may very well need to be thrown out the window, or maybe not in total, but um, there is so much learning happening right now that is non-traditional. Learning about what it is to stay within your home, learning how to coexist with family, learning about how to explore the natural world, uh, learning about how to navigate news, uh, learning how how to make you know, bring sunshine in otherwise dark days, uh, learning who we are in the times of struggle. And so I, I tried to communicate this, that how do we, how do we capture, how do we encourage kids to learn all these new lessons uh, and design our, our systems around that but they generally weren't interested. They want to know about how am I going to teach algebra? How am I going to teach uh, readings of the classics? Uh, and while I know there is refuge there, um, 
I just don't see that form of traditional learning uh, benefiting the students in, 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 this, in this day and age. Um, I was opposed to traditional teaching and learning to begin with. And now it's, it's really becoming more evident that um, we have to adapt as teachers. But that's really, really hard for most. And so as we talk about the frontline workers, you know, we have to talk about the kind of the second line workers, which are, which are our teachers. You know, they, they are homeschooling their kids. They are having to adapt to this new environment. And it is kicking their ass. So, um, you know, if you're about ready to send that email of like, what the hell are you asking my child to do? You know, uh, maybe write the email to get it out and then delete it and then write something that's got some love and some compassion in it um, because uh, our teachers need that. So anyway, um, I have a rant. I got a rant. Um, I read something this morning that um, really uh, got, got me going. And, you know, I fancy myself a patriot, um, but I'm a, pa- a rough and tumble one, one that believes that I need to kick my, my country's ass uh, in order for it to, um, to really find its way forward. Uh, so a dear friend of mine posted this, and I'm just going to read it. So it says, CDC recommending hospital staff use bandanas when masks run out. Hospitals are asking the public to sew masks. Here's a, here's a physician's response to this. Please don't tell me that in the richest country in the world in the 21st century, I'm supposed to work in a fictionalized Soviet-era disaster zone and fashion my own masks out of cloth because... Other Americans hoard supplies for personal use, and so-called leaders sit around in meetings hearing themselves talk. I ran to a bedside the other day to intubate a crashing, likely COVID patient. Two respiratory therapists and two nurses were already at the bedside. That's five N95 masks, five gowns, five face shields, and ten gloves for one patient at one time. I saw probably 15 to 20 patients that shift. If we are going to start rationing supplies, what percentage should I wear precautions for? Make no mistake, the CDC is loosening their guidelines because our country is not prepared. Loosening guidelines increases healthcare workers' risks, but the decision is done to allow us to keep working, not to keep us safe. It is done for the public benefit. So I can continue to work no matter the personal cost to me or my family and my healthcare family. Sending healthcare workers to the front line, asking them to cover their face with a bandana, bandana is akin to sending a soldier to the front line in a t-shirt and flip-flops. I don't want to talk. I don't want assurance. I want action. I want boxes of N95s piling up, donated from the people who hoarded them. I want non-clinical administrators in the hospital lining up in the ER asking if they can stock shelves to make sure that when I need to rush into a room, the drawer of PPE equipment I open isn't empty. I want them showing up in the ER asking how can I help instead of offering shallow plans conceived by someone who spent far too long in an ivory tower and not long enough in the trenches. Maybe they should actually step foot in the trenches. I want 
I want billion dollar companies like 3M halting all production of any product that isn't PPE to focus on PPE manufacturing. I want a company like Amazon with its logistics mastery. It can drop a package to your door in less than 24 hours after ordering it, halting its two-day delivery of 12 reams of toilet paper to whoever is willing to pay the most in order to help get the available PEPE supplies distributed fast and efficiently in a manner that gets the necessary materials to my brothers and sisters in arms who need them. I want Procter & Gamble, the maker of other soaps and detergents, stepping up too. We need detergent to clean scrubs, hospital linens and gowns. We need disinfectant wipes to clean desks and computer surfaces. What what about plastics manufacturers? Plastic gowns aren't some high-tech device. They are long-sleeve shirts and smocks made of plastics. Get on it! Face shields are just clear plastic. uh, Nitrile gloves. Yeah, they're pretty much just gloves made from something that isn't apparently latex. Let's go. Money talks in this country. Executive millionaires who, who don't, don't you spend a few bucks to buy some of the, these masks for the, from the hoarders and drop them off at the nearest hospital, which by the way, I heard Elon Musk just did. I love biotechnology and research, but we need to divert viral cultural culture media for, for COVID testing and research. We need biotechnology manufacturing ready and, and able to ramp up if and when treatments or vaccines are developed. Our Botox supply isn't critical, but our an- antibiotic supply is. We need, to be, we need to be able to make more plastic ET tubes, no, not more silicon breast implants. Let's see all that. Then we can talk about how we played our part in this fight. Netflix and ch- and chill is not enough while while my family, friends and colleagues are out there fighting. Our country won two world wars because the entire country mobilized. We outproduced and we outmanufactured while our soldiers outfought the enemy. We need to do that again because make no mistake, we are at war. Healthcare workers are your soldiers and the war has just begun. Boy, I, I can't think of a of another way to put it. Um, I've been feeling angry because what we're seeing is a manifestation of the dysfunction in our country, the jacked up priorities, the the unfettered consumption of the capitalist mindset. I will get mine. Everyone else can figure it out. Ugh. At some point, we have to pivot. And I can't think of a better time to pivot than now. But, you know, sometimes you got to get what's coming to you. So maybe the reality is we get the conditions that we deserve. I've always said that countries get the leaders that they deserved. People bitched and moaned while some cheered with Donald Trump coming into office. And my response was, he is the perfect leader for us. We deserve nothing more and nothing less. So perhaps we deserve the ass kicking that's coming our way. I don't want to see anybody hurt. But this may be a long time coming. Anyway, in terms of my rave, I again have to say that my wife... 
Oh, I got to rave about her. I know I have before and I'm going to do it again. But um, talk about a steady hand. Uh, not only is she dead sexy, she's also incredibly skilled. Those of you that know her know uh, there is not a task that she's not up for. Uh, she can walk into a room full of, of odd puzzles and, and challenges that she's never seen before. And within due time, just it's done. She's tackled it. Uh, she's, she's achieved and, and, and excelled. Um, so, you know, as we talk about these frontline workers, uh, while there are so many good folks out there, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, my wife is at the top of that herd. She is, she is the tip of the spear when it comes to excelling in times of crisis. Uh, now, if only I can listen to her words and uh, apply that to my life, <laughs> maybe one day. So anyway, I came across a really interesting article um, in the Atlantic uh, that, uh, you know, and I know the Atlantic trends uh, towards left-leaning politics, but uh, the uh, <clears throat> the title of this is Red and Blue America Aren't Experiencing the Same Pandemic. The disconnect is already shaping, even distorting the nation's response. And really what it's talking about is how... Um, in a nutshell, uh, Democrat, Democrat states, blue states, are trending towards more compliance uh, in social distancing and uh, kind of heeding the call of government to uh, fight, this, fight this virus. Where Republican states, uh, red states, are tending to be a little more uh, generally non-believers, uh, believing that there's a lot of hype here, that it's not as bad as we, as we said, and that social distancing and other strategies aren't being uh, ad adhered to uh, to the extent they should. So I, I, I you know, I, I, you, you read these things and anymore, you, you just don't know. Like, okay, is this rooted in fact? Uh, it, there's a quote here. It says, there's a long history of conservatives demonizing the cities as a source of disease to threaten the pure heartland. Well, you know, that's, 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 that's a rather, um, that's an indictment of rural people. Uh, that's, a, that's an indictment of, of conservatives. Uh, is it true? Well, you know, it, 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 there may be some truth in there. Um, but how do we know if, if actually the, the thesis of this, of this article is true? So what I did is I, I searched around and I found a really interesting article. Um, not even an article. It's, it's more of an interactive scoreboard, if you will. Uh, so it's a website called unacast.com. U-N-A-C-A-S-T.com. And what it's done is it's aggregated... Um, people's movement based upon cell phone signals. And it can show the extent to which, it does show the extent to which people's movement has changed. And I'm not sure exactly how far back they reflect, but it's whatever, it's pre-coronavirus movement um, laid over current movement 
uh, by people. So if you want to look it up, it's called, it says, Explore the Interactive Social Distancing Scoreboard. So, so when you look at it, you can, you can pretty much just see red states and blue states, although it doesn't have that designation, but you know, like the coasts tend to be more of a, more of a blue state, east coast, west coast, and then the heartland tends to be more, more, more red state. So, uh, when you look at it, it actually gives a, 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 a grade, A, B, C, D, and F, um, for the states who are kind of adhering and those that those that may not be so this is interesting um, overall it gives the country as a whole um, a, a B and that B uh, designates that there has been a 39.84 percent change in average distance traveled so overall we've seen just uh, just about four, a 40 percent change in people's movement meaning they're moving less nationwide. So who gets the highest grade? Um, believe it or not, the District of Columbia, D.C., uh, has the highest grade. Alaska also has a, uh, an A. Uh, Nevada has an A. New Jersey has an A. And uh, Rhode Island has an A. So I'm just pulling this up. They actually below, if you, if you go to this, um, they have uh, their methodology is listed. So you can really, um, you know, you can, you can, they put it all out there. It's completely transparent how they're using, using this data to come up with these grades. Um, so they have an interactive map that you can hold. So for example, uh, California um, has an A. They've seen a 48% change in, um, in people's movement, which is quite good. Now, if you go to Oregon, which technically is a blue state, you see that they've been given a C rating. There's, there's only been a 25% change in people's movement. So that right there, Oregon in and of itself kind of flies in the face of the article written in the Atlantic. So what else do we have? So... Idaho has been given a D. They have an 18% change in average distance traveled by its people. So that would support the thesis of the uh, Atlantic article. Now go over to Texas, which some people would say is no longer a red state. I think it still technically is a red state, but it, it maybe is a little more purple. They've actually been given an A with a 43% change in average distance traveled. So who is the worst state? Who takes the cake? You got any idea? Well, yeah, possibly predictable. But uh, the, the second worst state out there is Big Sky Country. It is the state of Montana. And, uh, you know, as they say in Montana, keep your goddamn distance. Don't tread on me. Uh, they have seen a 15% change in the average distance travel, and they receive a D. And just to their south, taking the prize with an F grade, and I, I, I got to look into this one a little bit more, is Wyoming with a 0% change in average distance travel. So in essence, 
uh, Wyoming is saying, screw you, we're going to do what we want, don't tell me how to live, this coronavirus is a whole, or I should say, I'm sorry, this Chinese virus doesn't exist. So, uh, you know, here's, uh, we, we wish you well, uh, Wyoming, um, but, you know, there's so much natural distance there. Uh, population density is quite low. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? So anyway, this is a fascinating uh, uh, scoreboard, if you will, that I recommend everybody checks out. Uh, last little thing I found was the the counties. They actually break it down county by county. And the top five counties uh, in the country are all in Alaska, which is which is really interesting. I'm pulling up this, um, and it's like the interior of Alaska gets the highest rating. So, I you know maybe the the scores could be skewed. What could affect this? Right, you always got to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, perhaps they're having a really gnarly winter up there, uh, or that a storm has come through and forced people to lock down. Because uh, th- this seems a little odd to me that. Um, that Alaska would, uh, I just don't think that there's a lot of movement in Alaska to begin with. But again, it would it matter like what are the other forces coming into play? When, what are they referencing current movement against? How far back did they go? Are we talking about like the last summer in Alaska versus right now? Uh, perhaps the greatest measure might be, and again, I need to look at the methodology, but year over year, like last year at this time versus this year at this time. So um, I'll dig into that methodology to see kind of how they're uh, how they're doing this. But um, anyway, so this is the kind of thing I've been trying to share with my students. Like, so you read one article uh, and you just run with it. And I have, you know, I have people in my family, uh, friends who are like, oh, my God, did you read this article? Trump is this and Trump is that. Or, you know, uh, the virus was released intentionally from a from a plant in Wuhan, China and Oh my God. And it's like, okay, no, I get it. You know, there's always a little bit of truth in everything, but are you cross-referencing your information? Uh, You know, watching Fox News, are you also then pivoting to the BBC? Or if you're watching MSNBC, are you then reflecting on Fox News and then maybe reflecting on some sort of news source online? You know, we we gotta be smarter, folks. We got to cross-reference the information that we're getting. Um, you know, I, I was watching CNN last night and they're talking about, um, how this, how COVID is really dangerous for young people. And so you have to stop and say, okay, is it show me the data? Um, what are the rates of infection? What are the rates of recovery? What are the rates of hospitalization? Because my, my instinct says, okay, is there an an agenda here? Are you trying to... Um, trying to just convince young people to be safer because they're more the source of transmission or are they really at risk of, you know, severe illness and death? Uh, I don't know, you know, so that's, um, I'm, that's what I'm going to be doing later today is digging around to see what kind of data I can find on um, infection rates and outcomes for young people. So yeah, uh, what else is going on? Oh, the census. Uh, have you done your part for the United States 
census. Uh, right on the envelope, it says, your response is required by law. Well, I don't know. Are they going to come for me if I don't do this? Do Or should I just say that we are an African-American family um, that makes $7 million a year and I've got 30 children? Uh, you know, kind of skew the data. Or should we should we be on, on point? Uh, tell them who we are. Uh, some white honkies living in the country, raising chickens and making ridiculous podcasts. So I don't know. Anyway, so, all right, guys, well, I've got to jump off a little bit later. I'm going to have these beautiful young ladies, uh, get on. We're hoping to figure out a way to do some interviews, but technology is a bugger. Uh, Wi-Fi is working right now for us. It's eight 30, but it's funny as the day goes on, I get less and less of a signal. Uh, so I try, I got to try to do everything in the morning, but, um, I hope, uh, I hope you are well, um, God, I just, what's going to happen next? What are our predictions here? I don't know. I don't know. So let's end on a positive note. Give some love out there. We will get through this. Be still, be confident. And explore those, explore who you are in these times. And I'm going to try on a little bit of meditation myself, trying to be more present, trying to soak up the fresh air that's out there, try to figure out what exactly the birds are trying to say to me. Yeah. All right, guys. Be well. <laughs>